Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt. Thanks for checking out our podcast as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement with investment advisor representative and the president owner of Great Lakes Retirement Solutions, Matt Starkey, as always. That's why we call it Mondays with Matt. He's here to talk with us and hopefully share a useful nugget or two of information as it pertains to these topics. If you've got some questions or concerns or you'd like to reach out to him because you hear something interesting that piques your interest, we'll reach out to him at 989-401-29. 49. That's 989-401-2949. Or you can always check them out online at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That is GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get past episodes as well as future episodes on whatever platform of choice it is that you like, Apple, Google, so on and so forth. And Matt, welcome in, buddy. How are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Hope you've had a good week. What's new since the last time I talked to you? Trying to get those last few minutes of the summer, these last couple of weeks, get some time with the kids and uh, do some meaningful activities before they go back to school. Very cool. And then also last month was kind of an honor. We got awarded uh, a local honor. We were nominated and voted for the greatest of the Great Lakes Bay for financial advisor firm. Oh, cool. Um, It's just a little uh, local magazine that does a contest each year. And those in Bay City, Midland, Saginaw and the surrounding areas take time to vote for the greatest of the Great Lakes Bay. So this is our second time winning that award, but as a first place nominee. And so we're honored, we're excited, and um, we're thankful to those that have taken the time to vote for us. That's really cool, man. Yeah, so very cool. So it's a publication, obviously. It's called The the Greatest, and it's like an award, greatest restaurant, greatest this, that, and the other. And you guys got greatest uh, financial firm. Is that what it is? Yeah, greatest financial advisor firm. So yeah, and it is just that. It's like the local people and sure, um, yeah, that's they, awesome. they vote for who they like the best. And I know we had help from clients and some uh, colleagues of ours. And yeah. so, yeah, it's exciting. And then there's a nice spread in the magazine, et cetera. But very, very cool. Hey, the local stuff is liked. Yeah. I think we all like to be liked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and appreciate it. I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. say, and being voted locally that way is very cool because that's the people that do see you and inter- interact with you. To me, I think that's a much cooler award to get something like that or get recognition that way. So congratulations. Very awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get into our program this week. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into our program this week. And unfortunately, we're going to shift gears a little bit from that very cool, exciting news to what we're going to call the blame game. And this is, you know... You ever had financial trouble? Well, yes, we've all had it. But sometimes we're, we tend to focus our blame in the wrong direction, I think. So, you know, I've got a couple of examples of situations where people feel as though this particular item was the reason that they're not financially in the place they want to be. And so instead of going that negative track, maybe we can figure out a way to look uh, at how we could kind of switch that situation and put a more positive spin on it. So maybe you identify with one of these situations if you're listening to us. Are you pointing that finger in the right direction? For example, divorce. A common thing to blame is that, hey, the divorce really messed me up financially. Matt, it put me behind where I want to be. And, you know, what do I need to do? Well, that's an interesting uh, interesting example because it's very real. Uh, a lot of people that we talk to these days have been through a divorce. And, you know, when you think about the situation overall, you start out married to another person and you, you're going to have that happily ever after. You start to accumulate assets together and then suddenly some things don't go right. And uh, what happens is people spend a good de- amount of money getting married 
and they spend even more money usually getting divorced. Divorce can wreak havoc in many different ways, especially if you have a family established, kids and things like that. A lot of times, you know, there's divorce after a long number of years. So maybe they're together for a long time and um, decide to split ways. And um, I think we recently talked about this in another podcast, but a lot of times you save up, let's say you got a half a million dollars in your midway through your life and uh, now you're splitting the assets. And a lot of times in Michigan anyways, it's a pretty even just count on half of your assets going bye-bye uh, or half of your income. <laughs> that can happen uh, with pension plans. Uh, if you've got a pension from a local employer, uh, a lot of times those qualified domestic relation orders, which is what's the judge hands down when you get divorced, entitles that ex-spouse to a good chunk of your pension, if not half of it. So just gone through this with somebody and um, yeah, it's not a fun situation. And when we use the blame game, well, I had an unfortunate circumstance. That's okay. We all run into situations in life that mess us up financially. It could be bad decision, bad timing, there's any number of events that can happen. And divorce just happens to be one of those ones that isn't always in your control. So yeah. it can cost you a lot. Now you got two households to pay for instead of one. You might have a private school for kids or maybe you've got uh, child support to pay. And it does devastate people from their original plan or their original ideal plan for investing, for life, for retirement. All yeah. these things come into play. So it's easy to blame, but in some instances, it's a very real situation. And it's best, as we know, not to blame somebody else for our problems. But you take that internal look as well and say, well, could we have avoided this? Is there another way? And if you're on the brink of divorce, I would definitely love to talk to you about saying, hey, let's look at the downside. Let's look at the upside and see if there's a way. It messes us up financially oh, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a place to kind of look if you've already gone through that and you're trying to rebuild is definitely getting a budget together, getting a bit of a plan together so that you can re kind of allocate or figure out exactly what money's coming in and what's going where so that you can start to rebuild yourself from that uh, financial standpoint if you already are right. through a divorce. Yeah. So yeah, something and, to think about. And one of the notes just to add to that is sure. Um, number one, record where you're at. Yeah. Okay, record where everything's at prior to divorce and then record where you're at as a new single. Just like a widow might experience, you're suddenly single when you get a divorce and that might be good in some ways, but it also might be a big challenge in other ways. Yeah. So you might have your own health insurance to pay for. You've got rent, you've got food for yourself now and vehicles and insurance and all these things. I mean, there's just, like you said, do a budget and you'll know after a couple months what it takes and then talk with an advisor. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here for those tough times because a lot of times you get emotionally involved and you're not thinking clearly. And uh, so it's, it's a good time to set up an appointment and just have a review and hash those things out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, so let's continue on with the blame game here. I've got a couple more I want to try to get through on this episode of the uh, Mondays with Matt show. So you might be someone who says, well, my old broker, I, I had a bad experience with a broker. They did me wrong. And that's where you're putting your blame. And I would maybe say, Matt, this could, that, that may be true, but it also could be a communication. This could be a communication issue where maybe things were not clearly communicated communicated between you and the broker. And the key there also is broker, not advisor. Right. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> I've heard this before too. My broker lost me a lot of money. I've lost a huge percentage of my assets with a broker. This often can be true. 
a lot of times brokers sell products, but uh, the difference from the fiduciary role that we carry is from a broker is that I have to do what's in the best interest of the client first, and then we can make considerations on recommending a product versus something that's wrapped up in, uh, let's say, expenses that, you know, I'm doing the fiduciary, measuring the costs, measuring the performance, measuring what's out there and available for the clients so they don't have to get bogged down with that. When you call a broker, typically they make their money on transactions. So the more times they move your money, the more they get paid. But also what happens in the mindset of people is, hey, I'm going to go to that broker because they have some knowledge or they have some crystal ball that they can see, or maybe they have a researcher that's really good and they're going to recommend a stock that I'm going to just, I'm going to make a whole bunch of money really quick and then I can get out and I'll be safe. That, <laughs> that rarely happens. And um, what I find when people come from a broker is they come after they've had a bad experience, after the broker's lost some money because they're participating in some of the, what I like to call the myths of investing. And that's another conversation. But a lot of times they're picking stocks or doing this or doing that. Or maybe, as you mentioned, Mark, they're not, the broker's not hearing them. The broker's doing kind of what they give them a call here or there every three months or six months and say, hey, I think we should move your money into this other situation. Well, we kind of attack that differently. And so I don't have a lot of people that say, well, that leave and say, I've lost the money because I we do what's in the best interest of that client to try to get them lower risk with, you know, maximize the opportunity for return. And um, what I see happen when we go that route is that people's assets continue to grow. One of the other problems with blaming a broker tends to be our own behavior. And so again, we have to look internally. We have to set a mindset before we invest our money. That number one, we have a strategy for investing. That means we know what we're out to accomplish, what rate of return we need to achieve, what asset classes provide that return. And then we need to go into it with a mindset of either I'm in it for the long haul or I'm in it to get to X and then I'm done. A lot of times people don't have a set expectation. They don't communicate that information to a broker and they're just gambling, bottom line. So when we blame our old broker, we also need to look at ourselves and say, okay, what did I communicate when I came in? Was I looking for the fast, easy money? Because if that's what you are looking for, you'll probably be broker (laughs) than when you started. (laughs) There you go. Very good. Nicely done. Okay. So another one that you might find yourself doing with the blame game is saying, man, the system is just rigged. You know, Wall Street always wins. The, the little guy doesn't have a chance. I would think this is maybe not understanding your risk versus reward, you know, return, that kind of scenario. That's my thought when I hear something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you always get the good old boys club or someone sure. that has a bad experience that says, yeah, the system was rigged against me. People love to talk, don't they? I mean, we, oh, yeah. we talk about our successes and then everybody's always making money. But every time I get involved, you know, I always lose. The system's rigged against me. Right. Again, I'll just back up to those couple of things I mentioned when with the broker. It's, it's like um, you got to set an expectation for what's reality. And we can look back historically at asset classes to really give you a very realistic expectation of what this will return over time. And then you just kind of navigate and you you got to adjust your time horizon. But the, the system is rigged. And I would say that's true. But Wall Street shouldn't win. If you set a strategy and are disciplined, you, you will win. 
and I can show you methodically how to achieve that. <laughs> but right. you got to be talking to the right person. So, well, it's still the, there again. It, right. It's still the greatest, you know, wealth generation tool, I think, on the planet. But of course, there's always going to be the bigger, you know, the big dogs that are out there in front. But if you're doing things properly, working with a proper advisor, you can have the market help you increase your wealth or maybe help you outpace, obviously, at least outpace inflation through retirement. Those are some of the goals you should be looking for. I mean, if you're trying to turn yourself into the next Warren Buffett, sure, that's going to be much harder to do. But if you're trying to have a stable, reliable retirement income, then it is achievable working with the right advisor. It sure is. You mentioned an important thing. I mean, even if we just outpace inflation, Mm -hmm. if we're working with an advisor and we can generate a positive yield over and above that, still grow our money, outpace inflation. I mean, even if you're not consistently making, you know, killing it and making 15 to 20%, but some years you might make that. But having a good steady income and growing your assets to the best of their ability, letting, letting those assets work for you is really important. And the inflation factor is really important when it comes to preservation of your nest eggs. So definitely the system is rigged, but it's not everybody's, it's not against you. You can use the information that's there, but it's hard to understand. So oftentimes we can help you understand it and help you set up a portfolio that's simple and that will get you yield. All right. Well, you know, for the sake of time, Matt, I think we're going to go ahead and take an email question this week so we can wrap up this week's podcast. But, uh, and we've got a good one here from Tom. Tom was over in Auburn. And so Tom, if you're checking out the podcast, here's your question. He says, Matt, what kind of annual return should I be seeking on investments in retirement? That's a great question. Again, this is not specific to your situation because I don't know your situation. But right. um, when people ask a question like this, what kind of annual return should I seek? It depends on how much you're going to need from your portfolio. Yep. I think a safe, in general terms, and don't take this necessarily to your situation, but in general terms, I say I like to keep your portfolio outpacing inflation. So you need to have some equities. It seems like a good mix for somebody if they want to conservatively grow their investments. I mean, if you can achieve a Six percent average return, you know, year in and year out. It, again, it really depends on on the nature of your uh, income needs from your investments. But yeah. as a general, being a little more conservative, if I can get a six percent average instead of a nine percent average, um, you could probably set up a pretty decent portfolio in an income and growth model to a moderate model and get that range of returns. I like six percent because. In retirement planning, we kind of use this generalized 4% rule. If I have, if I want to preserve my nest egg, then I should be able to take about 4% of my income every year from my investments and still grow it if I'm earning six. Right. So, right. That's just a rule of thumb, but um, Tom, if you have more questions, give us a call. Yep, nine eight. I'd be happy to look at your situation individually. Absolutely. Sorry about that, Matt. I almost stepped on you there a little bit. 989-401-2949. That's the number to call, uh, Tom, if you want to talk with him specifically. Thanks for submitting the email question. You can submit your own to GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Check out Matt's website while you're there. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources to be found. You can subscribe to the podcast. And of course, if you have questions or concerns, like we said, if you hear something on the radio or a useful nugget of information that I hear on our podcast that you want to learn more about, before you take action, always check with a qualified professional like Matt, and you can give him a call at 989-401-2949. He is an investment advisor representative and the owner at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. For Matt Starkey, I'm Mark. We'll see you next time here on the program. This has been Mondays with Matt.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.